0: This show is in live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. For more information about the show or our network, please visit
1: www.podcastdetroit.com.
0: It's The Undercover. Bringing you the best in hand combat coverage with feature interviews, major events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. And now, here they are, always in your corner, Brad, Marv, and Jimmy.
2: Hello. Mine wasn't on. It is on. Hello. All right. Welcome to episode 231. It's The Undercard, everybody, on PodcastDetroit.com. Really quickly, we are going to start off the show a little bit differently. We are going to dedicate it to uh, a couple people. First person we're going to dedicate our show to is – I never met him in in person, but he was one of the podcast Detroit family members. He uh, does our intro and stuff, but uh, podcast Detroit lost a family member. Uh, So we want to dedicate this out to Mike Pants for all – Mark Pants, sorry, and um, everything he did. And then Jimmy
0: lost somebody that he served uh, with. Uh, So
2: we're going to dedicate the show to him also.
0: Uh, His name was Bobby Grady or Robert Grady, I should say.
2: Yeah, yeah. So the show goes out to those guys. Uh, rest in peace. And uh, it's sponsored by May Thirteenth Boxing is back at Eastern Michigan Convocation Center. That's their arena where the uh, basketball team plays. Jimmy, uh, James Tony will be boxing, so you get a chance to see James Tony. Uh, Lights out, Tony. Our ring girls are working it. So if you don't even want to go see the boxing, buy a ticket to see the ring girls. Available at EMUtickets.com. I'm not sure if Ticketmaster has that one or you can buy them probably from Fighters. And I just found out it's going to be on pay-per-view. So across the oh. nation, you can actually watch it. So I'll have more details about that later on in the show. I'm gotcha. For, for
3: all our listeners Ooh. around the world. That's right. We yes. used to have more listeners. All.
2: You remember in Chicago than we did in Detroit <laughs> in the beginning?
0: <laughs> yeah. How did yeah, well, how, you do that? We we had we had listeners in Dubai and in Spain mm-hmm. and Azerbaijan. <laughs> we were marking them off for a while. Yeah. We were like, oh wow, look, we yeah. made it to Antarctica.
2: Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. So yeah, you can watch the Ring Girls. Hopefully, the Ring Girls get. Is a lot it of air
0: who's time. who's it uh, who's broadcasting it? I know it's on uh, pay per view, but who's I have broadcasting. Im- it? I have the
2: information coming as we speak. Okay. It's not here yet. But gotcha. When it does, I will let it know. Uh, when Tasha was on Showtime, though. She got a lot of air time. I don't know if you've been on here since Showtime. Nope. Have you been on here since the Arnold when I was really sick at the Arnold?
1: Nope. Okay.
2: <gasps>
4: it's, it's been, been that long? long? Wow. Yeah. It
2: doesn't yeah. seem that I'm like back. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: you're,
3: you're good. I don't know why we've not
4: had
2: you in here. Because uh, she's, she's busy?
0: Yeah. yeah that's right. She, we like her more Even than Even though she she's us. like
1: a neighbor to the studio. Seriously. Like five minutes away. Oh.
0: Party <laughs> at her house. That's I right. have a
1: lot of booze in my basement. Nice, come on over.
2: <laughs> so, pretty good show
1: for you tonight.
2: Um, if you haven't already found out, Ring Girl Tasha and Ring Girl Shannon are to the left of me, and then uh, we're going to talk Joshua uh, Klitschko. Jimmy brought mm-hmm. in a, a friend who's I a did. published author. Yes, um, why don't you give a little introduction, really quick, of who who we got coming on in about 15 minutes?
0: Uh, we got uh, R.J. Fox. Uh, he is published, like uh, Brad said, published author. Uh, he's got a book out. Uh, came out how? How it was like two years It'll ago? Two
5: years in the fall. Yeah, two, two years in work. the
0: fall. Okay, called "Love and Vodka: My Surreal Adventures in the Crossout Ukraine." Because uh, apparently you don't say the Ukraine, it's just Ukraine. Um, and uh, he's also got two more books coming out, uh, just got, uh, we call it opted. Or something like that. Something like that. Okay. Contracted. Contracted or whatever. Just so we're going to be talking about like him, talking about uh, his books, uh, a little bit of nerd culture growing up and all nerd. that kind of stuff. Because he's a nerd just yeah. like me. Just like
5: yeah, that's why we were friends, and our friends.
0: You're right. Well, we're all kind of nerds here. That's yeah. why it kind of works. I was thinking about the show. You know, boxing has got four corners, right? So our show, like, is it's got the four corners. You like got books. the boxing corner. You got the MMA corner. You got the nerd corner, and then you got the pulp cop, pop culture kind of current event corner. So all four corners make up the show. I gotcha. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. What yeah. about
3: the octagon? <laughs>
0: There's way too many that just doesn't count. That doesn't work. (laughs) We don't have enough topics. I could really, I could really think about that, but I was thinking, ooh, boxing corners. Yeah, that works. What about
5: the Pentagon?
0: There, uh, there is no Pentagon. Are you you talking about the military? (laughs) (laughs) Because there is no Pentagon in fighting. At least, not that I'm aware of.
2: I have to show you. There's a
0: circle. I'll show you the
2: video uh Ring Girl Taylor just sent it to me but um somebody that listens to the show religiously um <laughs> is it Rick No Oh <laughs> um was really, really drunk and he wouldn't leave me alone. So Taylor started videotaping it. And it started off with a handshake. I really like your show. Right. And then it became drunk. No, you, you're you like my idol. You're this, you're that. And then somewhere in there, Taylor starts videotaping. When did videotaping this happen? Saturday. Saturday night. Really? Somewhere in there, Taylor starts videotaping. And, you know, he's like, hey, you're you're this, you're that, you're everything, you're everything. And, and I'm trying to move him along. I was like, <laughs> all right, to your next destination, to your next destination. And as I do that, he runs into the wall. He's so drunk and then keeps <laughs> walking. <laughs> but Taylor did a good job of kind of capturing some of it. Wow. So I'll have to play it for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And I know he's listening. So uh, okay. because he knew everything. Hi, drunk guy. Hi, drunk
0: guy. <laughs> uh, hope you're feeling better. Right. <laughs> yeah. And we, we got hope video. Of better, it. Or hope there was no permanent damage from running into the he wall. He was wearing
2: a bathrobe in a bathing suit. And I was like, that what? is probably our demographic right there. More <gasps> bathrobes well, and more you know bathing what? Yeah. suits. He was,
3: he was being prepared. I mean, he it was. was really hot and you usually got stuff spilled on you. Was he.
0: Was he trying to because it was an 80s themed party, right? This was down in the lobby. Oh,
3: this was down in the lobby. He
2: waited. I didn't know what he was doing. He was like going back and forth, waiting to talk to me. And then like when like I was just kind of like motioned him over, I'm like, all right, right. He obviously he's waiting for me. Either right. I'm getting served papers or something. So come on. Let's do this. And uh, served <laughs> exactly. uh I'm like, come on, just whatever. And then uh it, it got so weird that Taylor started videotaping. Thank God. Wow. Because I forgot how weird it was until I watched it. Like, well, wow. That was a <laughs> I really see weird that. moment. Yeah. I got to see that. Um uh, um, and then, yeah, you, you hear me like moving them along. I'm like, <laughs> go. Okay, good. So anyways, nice to meet you drunk guy and right. uh, keep listening. Share it with your friends. Uh, share your six packs too. Don't drink all by yourself. Who's drinking lonely. I always feel bad for those people. I'm like, you're drinking by yourself. Lonely drinker.
4: I believe lonely that's called man. an alcoholic. I'm
2: sorry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I, and I don't want to, because he's probably listening. He did run into a wall. And, like, I mean ran into a wall. Well, then he's so. not an
0: alcoholic because alcoholics can hold their liquor. Oh, okay. That's yeah. True. Yeah. He was just that having fun there. Yeah, no, I think he was not just, necessarily. just
3: partying. <laughs>
2: but before we get to that uh, fun video, uh, we got to break down really quickly Anthony Joshua, Vladimir Klitschko. Mm-hmm. i got to whip out my scorecard here, though, really quick. But um, we'll break it down the way the undercard only breaks it down. Uh, we're going to start from the overall presentation. What I thought about everything. So, it happened in Wembley Stadium, which holds ninety thousand people yeah. for boxing, and it looked like from TV because I wasn't there. Although some of my friends were there, very jealous. But you know what? Really quickly, Jimmy, and it's not to like rain on their parade that they were there. If you weren't in the first few rows, though, it's one of those things where you were saying you were there, yeah, but you really didn't see a lot of the fight. I mean, well, it, you got know. binoculars. I don't know. It, it seemed pretty big. You gotta remember, well, boxing is
0: such a small. Oh yeah, in. no, no. Trust me, I know. I mean, even even now, my good sitting. Friend, a, you know, uh, you know, a couple of rows back. Sometimes it's hard to hard to see. No, but wasn't it, wasn't it like the biggest boxing event in England in Wembley stable Stadium since like World War Two? I think it holds. I see. I don't. I don't
2: know all their. The ru- rules are like right. all that stuff. So I think it's the big Let's just say it's the biggest. Who knows?
0: Because I remember yeah. the, one of the announcers saying something like that, but I didn't know if it was true or right. not.
2: Um, so overall presentation, a uh, couple things that were really funny. The stadium's so big is that Klitschko walks to this, uh, the ring, and it literally takes him like 10 minutes to get there. That's how long the walk was. Then when he gets there, Anthony Joshua comes out, then stands on some stage that like elevates them really high in the sky. And it became like a, like an Apollo Creed moment from, yeah, Rocky, from Rocky Four. Yeah, from Rocky Four. Yeah. And like AJ in was lit on fire America. and everything like that. Yeah. So when both fighters were ready to go, they both didn't have their sweat no more. No. Because there was so much pre, you know, pageantry. The, right. Yeah. That. Their sweat was gone, so yeah. the first two rounds. It were really did at all.
0: It really did kind of remind me, like the beginning of it, of Rocky right. Four with the Russian and with dies, Apollo Creed. Yeah. Well, not even necessarily that, but just like how Klitschko walked to the stage. You know, there wasn't much about it, but Joshua was all about the you know pageantry and and whooping it up and making a show of it. So yeah,
2: mm-hmm. so the first two rounds started off. Uh, I. From my boxing expertise, I would say that they had to get that sweat back. So those those rounds were like just kind of feeling out rounds. Yeah. But then the fight became a really good fight. So um, let's just uh, – how I had it scored really quickly. I had Joshua win in the first. Second, I had Klitschko. But like I said, those weren't exciting rounds. Then we move on to where Joshua wins the next three. And now here's the best part about it. In round five, uh, Joshua knocks down Klitschko, right? Right, yep. And – Some people were arguing that he was either punched out, but then Klitschko started winning the fifth round, so much that the unofficial scores, some of them gave him a 10-9 round, which should automatically be like almost a 10-8 round, which I still scored a 10-8, but Klitschko all of a sudden started to dominate. Now, going on how the fight went, it wasn't that he was tired. It wasn't that he was punched out. Klitschko hurt him. I mean, it just because he had the feet later on in the fight. So it's not a stanima.
0: Ah, jeez. Stamina, stamina.
2: <laughs> Issue Right Let's talk slowly And not chew Big Red When we do uh, shows And so That happens And then in the next round I've never seen Since I was a boxing fan It turns so quick Yeah um, Klitschko knocks down Joshua, Joshua And yeah. Joshua was in freaking trouble Yeah he was And uh, You know I've never been a Klitschko fan I've always said this on, on the air Is that I've just never been His style really bores me but he actually earned my respect. He actually looked the best I've seen him look in who knows how long. Yeah. And you know, to hit for him to swing it that way after getting knocked down was huge. Um, so much that I had him winning like obviously he won six, ten, eight, and I had him win in seven and eight. Um, but then I had Joshua win in the ninth, uh, the tenth Joshua winning, and then in the eleventh, um, Joshua knocks him down twice. Yeah. And then it's all over him and the ref stops it. Mm -hmm. A couple of interesting things. Uh, The fight was shown at 4.15 on Showtime. Really, the fight started at 5. But HBO, who later re-aired it, Mm -hmm. had better ratings than Showtime showing it live. (laughs) The reason is that Klitschko's a typical boring boxer. No one thought this was going to be a great fight. Right. And it was a great fight. So HBO – which you would think this is the worst time slot they could get. Right. Actually, had better ratings than Showtime airing it live. Right. Um,
0: because every, by that point in time, word had spread.
2: Right. Right. And everybody um, wants to see a rematch in this. So I don't. Oh, I don't yeah. think anybody wants to see this. Uh, this fight end, or or this thing no. go away. And you know what? Klitschko could have easily won. Both. Mad respect to both of them, though. Really quick. Uh, they absolutely were. Phenomenal. So I started thinking in my head, when's the last time I ever seen in a heavyweight championship fight, one of the fighters get knocked down and then the other fighter get up and then knock that guy down and then end by knockout. Yeah. So I had two. I knew Tyson Buster Douglas because Buster Douglas was knocked down by Mike Tyson. Yes.
0: And then got up and then then knocked out Mike Tyson. Mm -hmm.
2: And then there was a Bo versus uh, Holyfield, I believe three. Where they were both knocked down, and the fight ended in KO. But then who? Uh, uh, Rick Bowe versus Evander uh, oh, uh, okay. Holyfield, the third fight. Uh, yeah, yeah. Trilogy. Okay. But then I had to ask Bob Ryder, who's my colleague, when I write for Fight News. He's the one that takes right. the pictures, right? Because he's like a walking encyclopedia and I don't know something I ask him. So this is his uh, official response. He said, I had to think about it a bit, but I think you're right about Tyson Douglas and Bo Holyfield three being the most recent where both were knocked down and the fight ended in a KO. I know Larry Holmes got knocked down hard in a couple of his title defenses against uh, Snipes Shavers and came back to win by TKO. Past that, you have to go back all the way to the early 60s when Floyd Patterson fought uh Johannesson, the third time, three knockdowns on the first round, first two by uh, Ingo, until Floyd scored KO uh, knockout in the six Of course, one of the all-time best back-and-forth knockdown fights in heavyweight history was uh, George Foreman versus um, uh, Ron Lyle, although no title was on the line. So this doesn't yeah. happen often. no. And I was texting no. Rochelle as it was happened and this is one of the best fights I've ever seen. I I don't know where I'd put it, maybe top twenty. I mean as a ward versus yeah, uh, you know, uh Gotti or anything like that. No. But it's up there. It was a good right. fight. It, no, was, it was and when yeah. you're not expecting a good fight, yeah, it's a good feeling. Yeah. It's like when you go out with friends and it's supposed to be a low-key night and then all of a sudden you run into some really cool people and you have a hangover the next day at 4 p.m. It's a good (laughs) night, right? So... It was a pleasant surprise. You
0: and I I have different definitions of a good night. What? (laughs) You know, you just run into some people that want to party. Well, yeah, but not that you have the hangover the next day. Well, Well, that's the
1: next day. That's not that night. Yeah, exactly. It was a good
0: night. Oh, It was a good good night. I know, but a good night is when you can still do that and not have the hangover the next day. That was pre-25, Brad. When I turned 25, things changed. (laughs) All of a sudden,
2: 27, I still like slight headaches. There, there, there's there, something called a limit. 32, I'm like throwing up now. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> That's why I don't drink anymore. I, yeah. It's like, hell no, man, if I'm going to feel like shit the next day. But So it was a pleasant surprise. And the best part about it is it's a win for the heavyweight division because the heavyweight division has sucked for so long mm. with the Klitschko brothers yeah. uh, at the top that now you have Anthony Joshua, Klitschko's in it. Tyson Fury, if he can ever get his uh, fat ass back to boxing, (laughs) he's in the mix. Deontay Wilder, who uh, we like Deontay Wilder on the show, if he can ever get back into it. So this makes for like a fun heavyweight uh, division. Uh, A couple points before we move on to our next guest because people want me to break this down. It is very depressing that it is so big in Europe, boxing, but it isn't in the States. I don't know how to tell you. How depressing that is. I don't know what we can do to change that. Somebody asked me what to do to change that. I was like, I I have no idea. Um, In Europe, they compete against a lot less. They have football over there, which is soccer, and then they have boxing. Here we have so much. Oh, yeah. It's just like, I mean,
0: football, baseball, basketball, bowling on Saturdays on ESPN3.
2: You know, it's like you're competing against way too much. Curling. Curling. Curling, yeah. 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 So um, although golf is really big over there, St. Andrews and stuff, the British Open. Well, yeah, yeah in England, but right. not in the rest of Europe. But Wembley Stadium was in England and that No, thing I know, I packed. know, I know, I know. So I don't know what to do, but I, I would love to one day see it like get that way, but it would never will. I don't know. Not in my lifetime and um, not mm. in my son's lifetime, not my son's grand. Yeah. It's just boxing has gone differently over here. But it's huge in Europe.
0: But I I think that's – I think part of the the reason why, um, like you were saying, the um, – I lost my train of thought. Oh, you were saying that it's so big over there but it's not so big over here is because a a vast majority of the stars in boxing now, like the big name stars in boxing now, are not American. Hmm? And Americans don't care about anybody who's not an American. So, you know, you, you had, you know, like, let, let, let's go with, so you had Buster Douglas and you had Tyson, both Americans. You had Ali Frazier, both Americans. You know, that's when people consider like the heyday of boxing because Americans were invested because the big names were all American fighters. So mm-hmm. what we need, if, if there's anything is we need better heavyweight American fighters. You know, we, we have the, um, uh we we have the Wilders. We have the the Josh Josh was an American, right? No, 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 no. He's oh. uh Britain. Oh, he is British. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Um what do we oh um you know, but we need we need more Wilders. We need more heavyweight fighters, because we have a lot of great American fighters. Right. But they're not in the heavyweight division. You know what I'm saying? We right. need to get more and recognizably more uh, heavyweight fighters that are from America if America is ever going to embrace boxing like it once did. Because of the heavyweight division. Because so. of the heavyweight division is like, the it's like the show. You know what I'm saying? And I wanted to
2: ask everybody a question here, and it kind of goes with the heavyweight division, because as I've learned more about Joe Lewis, the fighter this year, more than ever, really quickly, is that I decided that Joe Lewis is probably my favorite fighter of all time. But then it it rose a it didn't it, – it brought up a point in which that before it would probably be Mike Tyson, right? Right. Mike Tyson I've met, talked with obviously. So um, this is a question and we'll we'll go back to it later and I want everyone to think about it and it applies to any sport. But can your favorite player be somebody that wasn't part of your lifetime? I mean with okay. Tyson, I walked into 1988 not knowing if he'd beat Spinks. I actually saw Tyson live fight mm-hmm. – um, I I was part of that process of seeing Tyson's career. Now, Joe Lewis obviously passed in uh, uh, late 70s, or early 80s, 80. And uh, I never saw him fight live, never saw any of his fights live. It's all going back and just appreciating what he did. Mm -hmm. It's almost like if you said Joe DiMaggio was your favorite baseball player. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: Babe Ruth.
2: Right. Right. In, in, In all actuality. So it, it's an interesting question. Could somebody be your favorite, but you're you're just going off their biography?
0: Interesting question. Right, because, uh, yeah, it's interesting. You, you want us to think about, think it. about okay. it. Think about it. We'll think about it and think deeply
2: about it. But you have a guest in here. I Jenny. do. Introduce him.
0: All right. Uh, well, I'll let him talk mostly about himself because he's pretty good at that. Uh, But R.J. Fox, he's a uh, published author. Um, He has a book out with um, uh, Fish Out of Water Publishing, right? Okay. Fish Out of Water Books. Fish Out of Water Books uh, (laughs) called Love and Vodka, My Surreal Adventures in the Crossout Ukraine. Um, And we were just talking about uh, Klitschko, who's from Ukraine, Uh, not the Ukraine, from Ukraine, um, and I thought this would be a good segue. Plus, um, uh, you know, we talk a lot of pop culture, a lot of nerd culture and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, and he's a, a self-described nerd, nerd dork, yeah. whatever, whatever you want to call it. So, <laughs> uh uh, why don't you tell everybody who you are, how you came to be a writer, you know, like growing up, all that kind of well, stuff like that. I'm
5: here to figure out who I am. I'm hoping you guys could help me <laughs> figure out who I am and what I'm doing on this show because I feel like an imposter. But I really appreciate you guys letting me come in
0: absolutely. Well, like, like, yeah. like I said, you know, Marv, he, he didn't know anything about boxing or MMA. He just sat around and leered at the ring girls and oh. insulted me all the time. So, <laughs> oh, you, you know, if you can do that, you know.
2: Okay. <laughs> and she'll verify That because boxing is my job, sometimes I need breaks from it, and it's just like because people think I have to watch every fight on every given, and so like we like other stuff, right? And we have general interests, and you know, occasional breaks from the sport is good for me, keeps me healthy. Great.
5: Well, yeah, I'd be happy to shed some light on my book and my crazy experiences in Ukraine. You guys talked about drinking earlier, and we like to drink, huge part of the culture there. And I'm kind of a a low weight in. In the drinking realm, and over there they forced vodka down your throat, which for me was not a good mix. And the book kind of goes into my experiences with the culture, and usually the culture involved vodka, and then the (laughs) effects of me on vodka. Well,
0: because they don't drink like water or anything like that over there. They just drink vodka, right?
5: Well, they do drink water, and it's usually water – they call it water with gas, which is water with bubbles, (laughs) carbonated water, which is not something you just down – you know, after you drink a bunch of vodka, you have to kind of take sips of the bubble water. Um, and if you drink the regular water, you get sick. So, um, so yeah, so the book, I mean, the premise of it was, um, so years ago, I had randomly met this girl from Ukraine and decided she was an exchange student living here in the States. So we became pin pals after we met. And I decided about a year later to take an engagement ring and propose to this person um, who we had only been together for like 15 minutes in person. Trevor um, Burrus
0: At, at – uh, it was Universal Studios. Universal Studios, Studios on yeah, the ET ride. On the ET
5: uh, ride, right. So I should sort of <laughs> preface this by saying that we were married for a while, for eight years. The marriage didn't last, but I'm happily married now with two kids. And, um, but in the meantime, I had this amazing adventure in her country um, in Ukraine. Uh, she lived in a big city, but we also took some trips into the countryside, um, basically com- came across lots of babushka women who would glare at me, including her grandmother who hated me just because I was an American. Um, and, uh, you know, it's kind of this zany love story, sort of hybrid travel log about visiting this, you know, Eastern Europe, Ukraine in particular. Um, and it was just a lot of fun living the experience, but even more fun writing it. Um, and it was first written as a screenplay, um, optioned to a producer in Hollywood and it never actually got produced. Um, which is, you know, was very disappointing. Um, but then I kind of like got back up on my feet to use a boxing metaphor there to kind of mm-hmm. tie back into the there, show. We go. <laughs> there we go. I'm good at metaphors. I'm an English teacher. So um, so I got back up on my feet and decided, hey, why not write it in- into a book? And then I was like, okay, great idea, but I've, I don't know how to write a book. I've only written screenplay stuff. Um, so I kind of taught myself how to be a book writer, turned it into a book, found a publisher um, in Ann Arbor, which is where I also live and teach. Um, and it was made into a book that came out a couple years ago. Um, and now I'm in the process of getting it back into the film realm. In fact, just today I met with a producer in Detroit um, who, uh, as of now, seems interested in making this happen. Hopefully, fingers crossed, it still remains to be seen. Um, so I always envisioned it to be a movie. I always thought it would be a great sort of right. – kind of a mix of My Big Fat Greek Wedding or Lost in Translation where you have this like sort of fish out of water and a whole other culture trying to figure things out. Um, you know, and it, It's visually interesting. It's a whole other – Sort of a whole other land. You have the city life, the country life, um, and then me sort of navigating through it. Um, and I have some actors in mind. I, I'm always thinking like 20 steps ahead, right. And have these pipe dreams. It's always been my problem, really, since high school when Jim and I became <laughs> friends. Um, so yeah, so that's you know, fingers crossed on the movie side. Um, who plays you in the movie? i was say so yeah. So
0: who do who do you, who do you okay, have so in mind good to play? You.
5: I've had so over the years because this trip happened in 2001. So for a while, it was John Krasinski from The Office. Okay, uh, Jim, I can see that. And you know, he's he's too old now for the part because he's about my age, and I was 23 at the time of the trip. Um, but so then I moved on to, for example, Michael Cera, uh, who's right. like awkwardly geeky, just like me, and would be perfect. Um, but then recent actors would be um, Aziz Ansari, um on a show, Master of None, on Netflix. He totally, you know, plays somebody who would totally play me in the in the movie version.
0: Well, he's uh, up there too now, isn't he? Yeah, he's pretty. You know, he's being
5: yeah. himself quite. You know, he's he has a book out. He's he produces his own show. He's a stand-up comic. Um, another great actor that I really admire, especially his humor, is uh, Donald Glover. Um, okay, from, from Community, yeah. but then he would on and produce Atlanta mm-hmm. that he stars in and writes and directs. Um, actually, doesn't direct, but he's involved in the the whole writing side. And then the latest actor who I actually think would be perfect is from the new show Trial and Error on NBC. Okay. Um, who, if you've seen that show, This Guy Totally Could Be Me in Love and Vodka. Okay. Um, it's a show that's a lot like Park Star Creation in the office. It's like mockumentary style. Right. Um, you know, comedy and uh, so yeah, so I always I have a, a long list of actors, but the actress that I've been targeting, it's sort of my for a while it was Mila Kunis, of who's, course. who's from Ukraine. <laughs> right. She of course. Would still be great. Um, she's probably too sexy for the part to be honest, because the character is more girl next door. But I wouldn't complain if it was Mila <laughs> But she does have a production company in Hollywood. So it would be great to try to get her company right. on board. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, the latest the, – the actress I've been targeting is – her name is Milana Veintroup. And you might not know her name, but if you've seen any at and commercial over the last few years, she's oh, yes. Lily mm-hmm. from the at and ads. She's okay. from – not Ukraine but from Uzbekistan, okay. which is a Russian-speaking country. And she totally looks the part. She's got a – she's a great comedian. She's also had a recurring role on This Is Us. Um, and she's okay. been on, for example, the show Love on Netflix. Yep, John produced show. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's somebody who I got to the point where I couldn't reach her agent or her manager because I don't have representation myself, and I can't. It's you cannot get through that fortress that Hollywood puts up around there. Yeah. Um, so I. It's called the, smog. Yeah. Well, I did <laughs> that. Yeah, that's true. So I did it's the next gorgeous. logical thing, which <laughs> is stalking her mother on Facebook, and it uh, <laughs> actually worked out. She replied. Really? Terribly. She talked to her daughter and. Um, she was like, "Yes, yeah, send the book. Send me to send a copy to this address for myself, and to send a copy to my daughter." <laughs> um, so she has my book, and now we're. I haven't heard anything until I get a rejection or a "Please stop stalking me." <laughs> yeah. um, what do you call it when law enforcement tells you to stop bugging somebody?
0: Uh, Restraining restra- order. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Until
5: that happens, um, I'm going to assume that she's you know still in the game. Um, okay. So yeah, so I would love to get her. Um, it would definitely be an indie film, um, you know, that I hope would generate some right. momentum, but. So yeah, it's just been a lot of fun. I mean it's kind of like playing make believe because I always just feel like I'm an imposter every step of the way. Um you know that you But know. it
0: actually happened to you. That's I mean that's what
4: Well, yeah, what the makes actual it, experience did happen. Yeah.
5: Um so it's kind of it's been like real life groundhogs day where I've been reliving it, you know, with the, the rewrites from the, the script version, the rewrites with the producer, and then the book, and then the rewrites for the publisher, and then now I I've kind of rewrote again. the script again <laughs> to kind of add stuff into the script that wasn't there to begin with. So it's been a lot of fun, but it's also been um, just constantly going back to that same story over and over and over again to the point of insanity.
2: Well, I don't want to ruin the book for people, but I got so many questions and I'm sure they got questions too. But really quickly, uh, what's your ex-wife's name? So I can Um,
5: her name. Well, she has a different name in the book, and I'll refer to her as her name in the book, which is Katya. Okay, Um, so I changed like all her family's names. So you
2: knew her for 15 minutes, and then decided to go over there and propose. No, no,
3: no. He had only been in person with her for 15 minutes. But you were 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Oh, 20 minutes. (laughs) Don't
2: forget (laughs) those extra
5: five minutes. Right, magical Uh, 20 minutes. Yeah, it was 20 minutes in person. All right, in the flesh.
2: And what in those? (laughs) And what in those 20 minutes made you feel like she's the one?
5: At the time. That a girl was talking to me. And no, okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, it was just, you know, we – It wasn't. I really laugh like,
0: because that's true. <laughs> yeah,
5: it is true. It wasn't like this magical connection in those 20 minutes. It was we exchanged contact info, started writing to each other, and then through that we fell in love. Um, so, th- you know, in some ways it was like probably the best way to fall in love or you get to know somebody just through writing to one another. And for a writer, it's like what a perfect way to fall in love with somebody through writing. Mm-hmm. Um then, of course, as reality proved, that sometimes it's actually good to be with somebody, you know, in person to kind of get to know them before you jump into, for example, getting married. Um, so, yeah, so it, it was definitely a – it just at some point in the course of a writing back and forth, I was like, you know, she this seems like the person I would want to be with, settle down with, which for eight years that was the case. And then, you know, life happens and, you know, it, you, you, you could write a story, but you can't write life sometimes. It just goes a different direction.
2: Right, and I don't want to spoil the book, but did she come stateside?
5: Yeah, it ends. It, so it, the book really focuses on the, my my trip over there for the initial trip, which is about three weeks, mm-hmm. and then there's a second trip that's in the book. Um, but it ends with her arriving in the states, okay. um, and it doesn't go into our marriage or anything like that. It's really just my experience in her country, um, for essentially about five weeks total. Nice. We a, yeah. Um, and then there were scenes from other trips I'd taken years later. Some of the most bizarre, insane things um, that I had to include in the book because it just – I'm like, I can't leave this out of the book. So I kind of had to cheat the timeline a little bit and put things in that didn't happen in the, the initial trip. So I had – and there's a little disclaimer saying you know, the events in this book aren't necessarily in order. There's some fabrication in terms of the timeline. But the actual events in the book all happened in my real life.
0: So wait. Now I'm curious. What, what events that are in the book didn't happen in that initial trip?
5: So one of the, the scenes later in the book is a, a climb up a mountain. Yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah, and that, that happened – so the, the first trip was 2001. The mountain experience was 2006 where uh, they forced me to climb this mountain. To um, Win her Love? No no, 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 no. You were just, married by that yeah, point. Yeah. yeah, by then we were married. Yeah, right. no, it was just like for torture. It was, you know, did I, It wasn't something I knew was going to happen. I was like, hey, we're going to climb a mountain today.
0: Well, there, and there, I'm, there's a character in the book. You call him Champ, right? The champion, the champion, champion. Or whatever. Who's like the like? I mean, if you think Ivan Drago, like yeah. that's that's the character. Just Absolutely. big, bulky, beefy Russian dude. He was a and, family
5: friend who had affections towards my. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it was like in the book, you, you got these scenes where it's it's uh, Bob here who's competing against like Avendrago, like <laughs> for the affections of yeah. Katya. Yeah, I like mean, he has
5: me race him. Uh, we go to visit them at. Uh, we visited this family friend, and this was the son of the family friend, and they made me. He he. First of all, he's in a speedo. Like, this is how I meet this guy. That's
2: a Europe, yeah.
5: And he, they introduced him to me as the champion. Like, that's what they... They didn't even tell me his real name. Like, hey, Bobby, this is the champion. I'm like, okay, nice champion to meet of you, champion. Yeah, that's why I said champion of what? Um, And it turned out he... I Everything. Every, yeah. So he makes me race him. He makes me throw rocks. And I, you know, of course, lose horribly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he wanted to see how far I could throw a rock. And, like, you know, I throw it, like, 10 feet. He throws it 50 or whatever it was. And then, um, you know, so just, it was... There's a lot of like physical humor, a lot of like me being sort of just not sure what to do next and, and trying to like um, fit in in a land where I really have no business fitting in. So, uh, But there's also this love story at the heart of the, of the book right. as well and uh, one of my, the humor is what I think works best in the book.
0: One of my favorite scenes in the book is uh, is the scene where they're trying to sober you up which one <laughs> the the one where the one where you're at a cottage and they were playing yeah. chess and you you just kept drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking and then uh Katya says you know just let them do what they're going to do cuz they were doing like some torturous stuff to you to yeah. try to sober you up
5: yeah it was like the gulag basically i mean they they first of all made me they stripped me down to just my underwear and they they forced me to walk back and forth on this rocky path um <laughs> and it the culmination of it was her father sticking not his fingers down my throat but grabbing my hand and shoving my own fingers what? fisting my <laughs> to own make mouth him throw,
0: make him throw to up. make me
5: throw up um and the The thing is it actually worked like i was the next morning I was not hung over at all, and it was uh i mean it was I have foggy memories of that night, but I definitely have these you know moments that like I said, having my own hand shoved down my throat, so for example,
0: and do you remember how much you drank that night like uh,
5: I mean, you know, they what they do is they, they pour you a shot, they do a, a fancy toast, which is very poetic and very, like, you know, eloquent, and then you, ha- you have a few bites of, you know, smoked fish, and well, I wouldn't even touch that. The problem was there were so many foods I wouldn't eat that I was not pretty much food in my system, right. but lots of vodka was being kind of forced into <laughs> me. Sharp
4: down
0: your throat.
5: So then, you know, they do a toast, you take a bite, they pour you another shot, and then, of course, if you say no, they, they get offended, and at least her family would be, and I, I just wanted to fit in, so I would just keep drinking, and the next thing I knew, I was, so I have a tendency to wander aimlessly when I drink, like, I mean, I,
0: I forget you, agree. yeah, yeah like ahead. so
5: like, a few times in the, in the book, I wander off, just, at one point, they couldn't find me, and they had to send a search, like, her family, and her, they had, like, some aunts and uncles over, this was in a village, so I kind of wandered away, and they found me sitting in a, like, a, a bus stop, just sitting there,
2: just half, in a half sort of slumber, <laughs> um, what was the you know, scariest place you wandered to? Like you never made it to like accidentally wandered into Chernobyl or something no, 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 like no. that or something no. like
5: that? No, although I did swim in a river that flowed through Chernobyl,
4: oh. um, which I didn't
5: realize until after I asked and then I was told that – oh, by the way, this does flow through Chernobyl. Um, so yeah, I never got far enough where I was in any real danger, but um, but it just – you know it. The, the, and of course I don't want to make it seem like the whole book's about drinking. That was a huge part of the culture of Ukraine, but it was also just – um, the interactions with the people there's a lot of quirky characters and you know we mentioned the champion and then there's um <laughs> the bathroom bus
0: stop lady <laughs> yeah
5: there's a bathroom attendant in the middle of the middle of the countryside we stopped to go to the bathroom and um there's an old babushka woman wants money They'd use her bathroom you have to pay her money um so i decided to, i wasn't going to pay money to go pee so i decided to go to the bushes Um, And then she starts chasing me and threatening to squirt me with bleach because I wouldn't use – and, of course, I don't speak Russian and she's yelling at me in Russian. And she chases – I basically had to go into the restroom and she's chasing me and there's this bleach bottle. um, And just – there's a lot of interactions with these old babushka women. Um, It's kind of like a recurring joke throughout the book because it seemed like they were always out to get me.
2: Now uh – A question i have for you like uh and this is just what i know from russia but i want to see if it applies to ukraine in russia if you you hit a certain age of 2021 as a female they'll even call you like an old maid like in the streets because like they they think you should have settled down by now with your kadiana. is that the same situation in which that they expect them to be married by like 21 22 i think
5: at the time yes i don't know if it's possible things have changed since, because I'm not an expert on Ukraine. You know, my experience was limited to that small window when I was there. But, um, but yeah, overall, women would get married younger, at least at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should mention that where we were in Ukraine, in, in her the city was called Nipapetrovsk, which is in Eastern Ukraine. And Eastern Ukraine is very much Russian in terms of their culture and traditions, unlike Western Ukraine, which is more Ukrainian independence, and, and uh, they have their own language. But their family spoke Russian. The food was Russian. They concerned themselves more Russian than Ukrainian. So really my experience is more Russian than Ukrainian, um, which is typical for that side of the country. And a lot of the disputes in Ukraine right now involve that sort of split between Ukrainian independence and then, you know, quote, mother Russia. Um, So there's a lot of dynamics in in Ukraine right now that, for example, a big scene in the book takes place in the Crimea, which – when I was on that trip, it w- it was still in Ukraine. It was still Ukraine, but now Russia yeah. has taken it back. Russia had given Ukraine Crimea back during the Soviet Union as a gift um, to say, "Hey, take this beautiful peninsula as a token of our, you know, friendship." And then, of course, Russia took it back from Ukraine just a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So now there's a chunk of my book that technically would be Russia today, right. even though it was Ukraine at the time.
2: Now, Jimmy, you have uh, read the book. You you think it's good for females? Is there enough romance in it, or is oh it yeah, male I think or both well, genders?
0: No, I think it's. Uh, I mean,
3: who says that we only want to read
0: romance? Well, it's Damn. it's a quirky it's a quirky romance, romantic. So I like mean, that. it's it's romantic and it's kind of one of those things of like you know you, you read about a guy who literally jumps on a plane and goes into a foreign country to meet the family of a girl that he's known for 20 minutes in life or in real life mm-hmm. and then talked with and it's very romantic you know it's got a very um you know uh putting it all on the line for love kind of feel right. to it and then also all the stuff he goes yeah. through and the, to try to humor, prove himself
5: the humor dominates i mean the love yeah. story is sort of there but it's not the focal point of, it's not i wouldn't classify it as a romance above the other parts of the book um, right but it's there's definitely a love story and the whole he has to try to win her parents' approval by impressing them enough so he could finally put that ring on her finger, and right. um, so it kind of appeals to those that are looking for some romance. But to me, the humor is what makes the book. At least that's that was my goal. With it,
0: it. it is very. It it's also very funny. I mean, it, it's it's written as you know, the everyman. You know, Bob Bob R J. He's the everyman. <laughs> you know, and that's and that's why you can relate. You can relate. You know, because. You you could see yourself doing something like that, you know.
5: And anybody who's traveled abroad would definitely yeah. I think, find things. I've had people say, "Oh, I've been to such and such country, and I, re- you know, it reminded me so much of this and that." I, although I am excited because right now I'm editing my next book, which I just signed. Well, I, I was uh, just going to say, um, yeah. and it's set in Detroit, um, and it's fiction, and it's a very kind of dark, gritty story. But it's you know more about what's in our own backyard as opposed to this other country. So it's similar in the sense that the setting plays a part in the book like a character, where. You know Ukraine plays such a big part in that book, in Love and Vodka. But then this new book, awaiting identification, the city of Detroit functions like a character itself. And then another book coming out. Which speaking of nerdum, right? Tentatively, the title is Tales from the Dork Side, and it's a collection of essays about being this kind of bullied dorky kid who had this big dream of being a writer and um, how it kind of shaped his path towards his dream. Um, but along the way, it includes like the time I was tied to a tree and left there in a the backyard by my my. By bullies, um, but it's written with tongue in cheek as humor, um, le- much like the time that my bullies decided to shove my face into a pile of dog poop. And, and I write it at, again as humor, but this sort of sad you know, people will read it and say, Oh, it's so sad. I'm like, No, I think it's hilarious now, but at the time it wasn't so funny. So it's about kind of overcoming um, getting treated poorly by your classmates and realizing that sometimes it helps shape you into a more unique individual in the long run, which is sort of the theme of that of that book.
0: So what I mean, it might be, you know, in that book or whatever, but what made you want to be a writer?
5: Um, really and somebody that you know as well, you know, my a tenth grade teacher I had named Anne Gotro from Etzel Ford High School in Dearborn, she actually sparked my dream by really letting making me aware of the fact that I had this sort of this you know what she would call a gift to write. And she kind of pushed me towards that dream and I haven't really looked back since. In fact I dedicated Love and Vodka to her because mm-hmm. I wasn't going to dedicate a book about my ex-wife to my ex-wife. Right. <laughs> I wasn't going to dedicate a book about my ex-wife to my, my my wife now. Right. So it made sense to dedicate it to the teacher who really um, inspired me and, and helped me get to where I am today as a writer and even teacher because she – even my teaching is inspired by the way she taught me and you know finding those kids in my classroom that I'm like, oh, yeah, these kids are definitely – versions of me when I was a kid, you know, the, the, the writers. <laughs> oh, those that, poor, the, poor kids. No, no, no. I mean, they're the neat kids that are unique to yeah, that, know, you know, I know, and they're going to be the cool people years from now or even cool now. <laughs> I mean, nerds are cool now. And that's like... Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: And that's and that's uh, something I was going to talk to you, too, is, I mean, when we were growing up, you know, it, it wasn't cool to be a nerd. It wasn't, you know, nerd culture and geek culture. It was kind of, you know, you, you, you were either made fun for it or... Um, you know, you kind of kept it quiet. Like, you know, if you were into Dungeons and Dragons, you didn't let anybody right. know you were in Dungeons and now Dragons. You, and now, I mean, now, you, you know, about it. well, well now, but I mean, they're, they're huge. You know, you got, uh, you know, all the, the movies and everything is coming, you know, comic, uh, nerd culture, it's becoming mainstream. And, you know, there's, there's a show on, uh, on YouTube called Critical Role, which I absolutely love, uh, and all it is is just voice actors who play D anD D every week on Thursday. I mean, they, they play
5: D anD D Mystery Science Theaters back. Yes, Mystery well, Science Theater three thousand is kickstarter back. Campaign or whatever. It was yes.
0: For. Yeah, with all the the people from Geek and Sundry.
5: Yeah, and then yeah. you have the Nerdist, and you have you know, Nerdist yeah. pot.
0: Yes, Nerdist.
5: Our and then, time has come, Jimmy.
0: Well, and that's what <laughs> I was going to say. But um, uh, true story, funny story about Miss Gotro, And I don't know if you've ever heard this. So uh, Joe Frank and I took her after we graduated high school. Uh, we took her skeet shooting. Okay. Now for those of you who don't know who Mrs. Go you know, Mrs. Gotro, she's about what, five foot, maybe four nine. Yeah. I mean, small, small woman. And we took her skeet shooting. <laughs> and uh, she was our you know, our English teacher as well as, as uh, RJ's and um, so she just wanted to try it once. Uh, so she tried it, it just like knocked her back and she's like, I'm done. So Joe and I had a bunch of skeets to throw up and, and shoot. And I will never forget this. I'll never forget this. She's sitting on the bench behind us. Joe and I are, are, you know, up there shooting. I forget who's shooting what, but the sound, if you were listening to what was going on, went like this. Pull. That's a haiku. And we, and that came from Miss GoTro and we turned around. We're like, what's a haiku? And she said that that's a haiku. She was looking at the box of the clay pigeons and the warning label (laughs) spelled out and a haiku. And we're like, only you, only you could pick that out. So she cut it out and I guess she put it above her chalkboard for a while. It was like the warriors haiku or something. And it was like (laughs) warning clay pigeon, something, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Um, it was a funny little story about about Mrs. Yeah, Gotro. She's, she's just a great, yeah.
5: great, lady. And anyone who had her as a student, you know, we're just so lucky.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's it's those teachers that really inspire you that you know stick with you throughout the the right. years. So yeah, we were very lucky. Yeah. And that's
5: I hope to impart that on my students. Just you know, whatever their dreams might be, I always try to just encourage them to just don't give up. It's it doesn't have to be about the money. You could do other things. If you have a big dream, do whatever it takes to make it happen and right. work towards it and, and have fun doing it. That's the important thing.
2: Now, I was going to ask you because when you were bullied, obviously, you're you're Jimmy's age, so I roundabout know when you graduated. There was no social media and anything. Now you're a teacher, and I'm sure bullying still exists in high school and stuff right. like that. How, how do you take a proactive approach of stopping bullying in your classroom or yeah. seeing students because of uh, social media is like – Right, it's like roids now on uh, yeah. bullying. Well,
5: the thing about with with social media, a lot of the bullying now is happening in that form only behind the scenes, where I don't see it a lot, a lot in my classroom, and it, it, I've been very fortunate where I've not had to witness a whole lot over the years. But of course, when it does happen, when I see it, I do immediately jump in and try to defuse it and pull the kid, you know, the, especially the student getting bullied. You know, I've had conversations, you know, with them and 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 trying just to help them realize that you know it's it's temporary, it's it's. You know, it's it not forever. Better. It gets better. But I've been so fortunate in where I teach in Ann Arbor where I don't have to witness it a whole lot. Um, but I'm also aware of the fact that a lot of it does happen with social media in forums that we're not always seeing ourselves unless you're on those forums with them and seeing it happening on, across your feed. But, um, but it's certainly an epidemic nationally with social media bullying. Um, but, yeah, I've been very fortunate not to have to see a whole lot in my classroom.
0: That's good. Now, uh, I, um, uh, talking a little bit about, uh, you know, growing up, we were all dorks and stuff like that. Uh, so are you into the Marvel movies and stuff?
5: So I'm a I'm a big Batman fan. I'm not a big okay. superhero fan. I'm like not that kind of nerd. Sorry. OK. I mean, right. I, no, that's but. fine. <laughs> No, Get I, out. No, no, just kidding. I mean, I'm excited for Guardians of the Galaxy. I was going to say, sure. sir, yeah. you are
0: you excited Who for. Who uh, Right, yeah. exactly. So, Baby Crew.
5: And yeah. I, I, as a film. I am Groot. As a film geek, I yeah. appreciate the Marvel movies way more than DC. I feel like DC has not gotten their act together overall.
2: And that was going to be my next comparatively question. Comparatively yeah. to Marvel.
5: Marvel seems to have their formula.
2: You can say that about everything but the Christopher Nolan movies, though. That is true. Yes. but so the,
5: the Marvel's not sort of even re- near Christopher Nolan. Right, exactly. The, the relaunch of the DC characters has not gone as as well as I think Marvel's been doing. But I'm, I mean Wonder Woman comes out, what, June 3rd or something? And yeah. She was my
2: first crush as a human being. Well, I tell you <laughs> what. Here's the
5: thing. That movie's too- going to
2: bomb. I'm gonna make a kid Vegas prediction. Okay, and, uh, that's gonna, and
3: he he shares your first crush. But the, it's not gonna it, bomb, it's Carter. gonna bomb
2: like you wouldn't believe. And here's the will. other problem: a Justice League. I'm not convinced about. The trailer gave me some hope.
3: <sighs> yes, and, and the new trailer. And
2: I think Wonder Woman's gonna appeal to because it's a, a
5: female superhero. I think that's gonna. Bring in a ton of money, and I feel like, and for guys who want to see a hot superhero, it's going to bring in. That's the only a one I'd go
6: see. To be I, I think it's going to be a hit.
5: I, I don't know. Critically, it might be a, another dud, but I, I mean, Suicide Squad was a hit, and look how badly reviewed that was.
2: Ugh. Right. See, yeah. to, me, to me, it, it is <laughs> it, it going to make, make money? money. Yes, yes. But right. is it something that you can be proud of? I don't know. Well, that's about the thing. That. Yeah, is um, it a good film? That that remains to be seen. Where Jimmy's Marvel movies.
0: Well, I know I am DC. I like DC too, and that's I, I you know, I'm a huge Batman fan. Right. Are you saying you're a switch hitter? No, I, yes, actually I am. Don't <laughs> be a I I go both ways. He <laughs> does really have do. a theater background, oh, so. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Dude, that's good. No, but draft. I love <gasps> I, <go back. laughs> I know. Go both if this ways. was
3: David the freak, it would Dave absolutely listen to this. Podcast. No, do not listen to this. You guys <laughs> are just not realizing this about Jeff.
0: <laughs> yeah, anyways, thespian. Um, but no, I Batman was one of my favorite. uh, Christopher Nolan. Well, no, I'm sorry. Like, when I was a kid, like a kid, kid, like, I used to watch 11 o'clock every night the Adam West Batman TV show. I loved it. I loved Batman. I loved the concept of Batman. I got into Batman comics. Like, and then when they started getting, like, good you know like gritty and like the tim miller and you know right. all that kind of stuff um but you know and i was and 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 um michael keaton you know the tim burton you know batman that was great Two mm, it was okay well, the and Joel then Joe Schumacher came in. Well then, then Joe Schumacher just just messed it up so bad. But then yes, the the Nolan Batmans were so good. I actually like Affleck as the older, grittier he's a great broken Bruce down. Wayne. He's a great Bruce Wayne, but he's also a great like the Dark Knight the Dark Knight returns, the Tim Miller mm-hmm. uh Graphic novel that Batman is the one that they've based Ben Affleck right. on, and I think he's doing a great I, job I agree. with it.
5: And I th- and I was excited to hear that Ben Affleck was going to direct the new Batman. Yeah, and then he dropped, he dropped out because yeah. he you know, he's proven himself to be a fantastic. He's director.
6: a better director than he is an actor. Absolutely. yeah.
0: yeah. But I think he's doing good as that Batman, but. With the Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman is going to be a so-so. It's going to do well in the theater. It's going to be okay. It's going to be kind of one of those like, okay, we're just kind of giving you the backstory of the character kind of thing like that. It's not going to be great, but it's not going to be terrible. But Justice League, I think, is going to be a good movie, and here's why. We we'll already we already like Ben Affleck as Batman. Ezra Miller is the Flash, and Ezra Miller, and I think he's going to be a great Flash. Jason Momoa uh, as as Aquaman, Aquaman, who I think is just a perfect choice. Who looks nothing to like Aquaman, Aquaman in Aquaman. Any form
5: that we've ever seen. Yes,
0: fifty two. Oh, okay. yes, the new fifty two. That is what Aquaman looks like okay. now. I'm yeah.
5: going on like the no like
0: no no like not Kim the cheesy Aquaman. you know. I can speak to dolphins. No, like. Aquaman is legit a badass. Is he going to be a better Aquaman than Vincent Chase?
2: Who? Come on, no one watches Entourage. No. Oh, I, I get I it. Used to I, uh, watch it. Vincent Chase no. was Aquaman. In that's the- right. Oh. Oh, sorry,
0: I ne- I never watched Entourage. Oh, you're missing out. Yeah. That's a good show. Um, but I think it's going to do. It's going to do really good. Um, but uh, uh, yes, I agree that DC is kind of they're trying to do what Marvel did. Without taking the steps to do it, Marvel spent time. Here's this character. Here's this character. Here's this character. This is who they are. These are all their flaws. These are all their strengths. And knowing how
5: to add some humor to and, the, and, source, the right? DC exactly. Lacking.
0: Exactly. And then, then after you've got invested in these characters, then putting them together and seeing how they interact. DC's trying to say. Okay, well, we're going to take all these people, we're going to throw them together and yay, you know, and it just doesn't work because it's like, well, why why should I care about right. this character? And I honestly
5: I honestly thought that um, Suicide Squad could have, that had the potential of being the Guardians of the Galaxy the way it, it was portrayed. It It really you know, did. But then it
0: obviously didn't pan But out it shit way. the bed. It really did.
6: The, the, the dialogue was like well, what? Damn.
0: Actually, if you take Suicide Squad and you remove <laughs> The Enchantress and that whole yeah. storyline. It's a good movie. Harley,
5: and Harley Quinn. Um, Harley Quinn was, was awesome. What's her name? Um, uh, Margot, Margot Robbie. I love I
6: Jared Leto, but I'm sorry. The no. writing that they did for him was awful. It, it seemed like he was,
5: was spoofing awful. Heath Ledger. Or at least he basically
0: imitating he, Heath Ledger. I he was he did. the
6: only one that seemed like a cartoon character when the rest of them were human-like. human-like you right. know what I mean? It didn't make sense to me. Ooh, they,
0: did, they did. They did that, And everybody was kind of ticked about the Jared Leto character. They did that version of the joker was based on a one-shot joker of a reimagining of joker joker's origin story where he was a gangster before he became the joker and then became this kind of kingpin uh called the joker and that's kind of what they did with that but they didn't kind of explain that they just kind of thrust it upon you so i didn't i didn't like i didn't i didn't let i don't like that version of the Joker. I like the Heath Ledger version or the um, the Mark Hamill voiceover version of the Joker. Um, the ones that you see in all the Batman video games and stuff like that. The really, you know, kind of.
5: Um, I like Zach Galifianakis's Joker and um, Lego movie. The Batman, Lego yeah, movie. he yeah. was a great Joker. in that. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> um, but let, let me. So speaking of movies that are coming out, I, I got to ask you this, and this is just because I know you so well. Are you going to see the new it?
5: It's based on how well it gets reviewed. Okay, if a movie gets bad reviews, I'm very, I'm I'm such a film snob. Yeah, I, I, because I'm so usually in lockstep with critics on movies. Right, you know, I I go to all the Oscar content. You know, I'm
3: right. Of course, yeah,
2: yeah.
5: I know, I know. I, I admit it. I mean,
3: where's my bell? (laughs) Sorry,
5: (laughs) so. I love <laughs> Steve, like Stephen King. Sorry, I'm a big Stephen King fan, and I, it seems promising. I mean, from the trailer, it looks awesome. What's your
6: favorite Stephen King movie or a book to movie adaptation?
5: I would say probably Misery. Really? Um, I thought was as the movie was as good as the book. And, which is a rarity. And then the Shining... I'm a big... Well, the Shining movie is it's so different from the different. book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stephen King doesn't even like story. the Shining movie. <laughs> Do it again!
3: But then they made... The 150 more times! Yeah. yeah, wasn't the TV version supposed to be closer to That it? was yeah. the one Stephen yes.
5: King would have yeah. wanted to see which right. was just not as good. He
6: doesn't even... Stephen King doesn't even like... He doesn't even like to associate with exactly. the movie. Yeah. But it was such a well-made film. They're and, both and, really awesome in different ways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
5: But it, it's one of my favorite books and also reading It. I read It like in 8th grade. And yeah. It well,
0: the the reason I asked RJ that. This is because we made oh, a movie. Yeah. We made a movie a while back called Clowny Day, and of it, course you did, Jimmy. Yes, in well, Jim was the clown? We'll no, start. I wasn't. Well, I no, wasn't you were in the the clown, clown school. College. No, you
5: were the clown at the
0: end. Well, I ended up being the clown. So, anyways, Don't <laughs> it spoil film. it for me, RJ. Don't spoil it. Was a, it. it was a silent it's film only 10 except minutes, for the very, much very end. But <laughs> the reason we did the movie is because he had a fear of clowns. Yeah. So that's why I was at, and and one of the scenes, uh, the the guy who gets stalked by the clown in during the the day or whatever, he's reading the book. It. So that's why I wanted to know if he was gonna. Yeah, I see mean, I, it's it. a
5: love hate with clowns. Like they freak yeah. me out, but I'm also intrigued by them. Um, so I don't. Know, I, I, it's it's a weird relationship with clowns. So were
1: you terrified when all the clowns are running around in the news and? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
5: That did creep me out a little bit.
1: <laughs> I'm glad that's like kind of done now. Yeah, have
6: anything like about that in a while. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that was really scary.
2: RJ, did you know he applied to
0: Clown College and didn't get accepted? No, that's not true. That's not what happened. I thought that's God, what happened. No, he got kicked out. That's not what happened. <sighs> no. I I auditioned for Clown College. He couldn't afford it. Too much I got go. accepted. And I they didn't get go. financial
2: aid because yes. they don't treat it as a real college. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Like yeah. DeVry wah, University. Barbara Bailey's Clown College. Yeah. Which okay. Je- uh Penn went to it. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yep. yeah well, okay yeah yeah is that down in Florida it, it doesn't exist anymore. it oh. actually went bye bye but God. yeah <laughs> no <72 laughs> clowns got in one car and they just took off <laughs> <laughs> all the professors yeah. Exactly. Wow. Um, yeah, it's gone no, 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 that was that was before i that was like in ninety six ninety seven so that was before we reconnected, and you
5: had a whole clown makeup kit. Because you well, yeah applied the makeup I did, on
0: I, did the actor. Cl- I did clowning and miming and all that kind of stuff like I learned you know how to do it you're giving um, him giving us more of his geek
3: secrets I, here. yeah
5: and instead of a trailer he had like a little invisible box on the set that he refused to come out of I
0: <laughs> uh, you mean God. your car because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's what the entire movie was basically in True. was your car <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: Um, yeah.
2: clowns are creepy when they just show up and they're not invited or paid to be at a party. Yeah. You know, like, I've seen that happen, where, like, somebody's, like, there's a clown in the family. It, well, Aiden was, like, four or five, and then, like, the mom looked over at me. She goes, I didn't hire him. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) "Oh, fuck, dude. He's just got, like, two balloon animals, you know? I was like, kick him away. Oh, no, he's a family member. But I didn't hire him. (laughs) I'm like, they just look at these opportunities of, like, I can dress up as a clown. Everything floats down here. Exactly,
5: kind (laughs) of. He got out of prison. He was ready to party. Yeah. (laughs)
4: Well,
5: I
2: guess that's
0: better than living in a van down by the river. Mm, Well, (laughs) you know, if you're trying to make it as a clown, that actually might be a real possibility. (laughs) Jimmy, why
2: don't you do What's on Tap? We'll go to a quick yep. music break, and then uh, we'll have RJ a little bit on the other side and then move on to the next subject. Thank right. you very much. Uh, the book is called Love and Vodka. Where can they purchase it, um, uh, RJ?
5: Amazon is probably your best bet. It's in scattered bookstores, um, most of them in Ann Arbor, um, okay. but also scattered in other parts of the state and country. But Amazon.com is definitely your safest bet to get it.
2: And where can we see the movie with Jimmy in it, the 10-minute clown? One. Um, is that at Red IMDb. IMDb. It, actually, it's
5: on IMDB.com. Yeah. If you look up Clowny Day. Yeah. Um, you should be able to find it there. Uh, um, hold on, I gotta
0: find. In a, the, go. in the book keep is, talking because uh, I gotta find oh, my drops we'll here. It,
5: the book's available also in an ebook um, as well as a you know actual physical book too on Amazon, so you could go either way. How many pages is it? Two. <laughs> no, it's about what is it? Two hundred and a little yeah, over two hundred pages. That's my size. Okay, so yeah. four fifty. I'm out.
3: So, uh, this is the question: Is an author do you prefer your book as an actual thing or as an ebook?
5: Me personally, I love reading real books, like physical books. Yeah, brains been in a I, crease, if, man. Anyone who will read my book, I don't care how they read it, even if they get it from a library. I'm totally, you know, I just talk to mean, the reader. Obviously, I, have
3: a love for books because yeah. I have like it, I have a relationship with my books where it's like the paper, the way it holds yeah, the in way your it smells, hand. and
5: mm. just don't bend the binding of my. I mean, you could bend your own copy, but um, I have a pet peeve about people bending the bindings of my book. Mine get so.
3: destroyed because I just take them with me everywhere. Uh, so they worn warning. I like to fold pages and stuff to oh. remember oh. like
6: – well, to remember certain pages. So <laughs> no, no, that's like when you put, you over put
3: something in there. So I really don't really have to rent. borrow
6: <laughs> your books. Well, that's why I like – I always get you know my own books. I never well, borrow any it's your from own book. anybody else. But if people
5: borrow a book yeah. from me, I'm very – I
6: would never like, do
1: that if I was borrowing it yeah. from someone, just if it's, oh, I, well, it's I've learned bug. I don't lend out my books anymore because I never get them back.
5: There's that issue too.
1: So if I borrow a book from you, it comes with a whole list of instructions yeah, I of what rules I'm not in there. supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, it's
5: so it's kind of like you see the I was going to
0: say it's kind of like uh, 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 when you get a, a mugwai in gremlins. Rules. You know, can't you can't feed it after midnight. <laughs> right. You know, no reading in the after dark. You know, all that kind of stuff like that. All right, so we're going to go what's on tap, um, and then uh, we will take a quick. Uh, we'll take a quick break after that. Uh, this is What's On Tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. Uh, May 2nd at Studio City, California, PBC on Fox Sports 1. We have Yvonne Redcock versus Arginus Mendez, 10 rounds for the junior welterweights. May 5th at Las Vegas on ESPN2. We have Yuri Orkus Gamboa versus Robinson Castellanos, 10 rounds for the lightweights. Uh, May 6th at Las Vegas HBO pay per view. We have Rochelle's favorite boxer, Canelo Alvarez. No, you gotta say it right. Saul. Saul. Okay. Canelo, Canelo Alvarez. No. Saul. Canelo Alvarez mm. versus Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. It's
3: my Mexican ginger. Yes, Whoa.
0: 12 rounds for the super middleweights. Uh, moving on to MMA. Also on that card, David Lemieux and then uh,
2: Matisse fight.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah, we have David Lemieux versus Marcos Reyes. We have Lucas Matisse versus Emmanuel Taylor. Joseph Diaz versus Manuel Tino Alvia. Elvia. Um, bunch of other ones. Ronnie Rios versus Daniel uh, Norega. Um, I'm not going to try to pronounce some of these names. That's why I said a bunch of other ones. Uh, moving on to MMA. Uh The only one that I uh, I thought was kind of uh, to bring up was um, Fight Club Sherdak. uh, Fight Club Sherdak 14 in – how would you pronounce that? Uh, Uh, Go to the teacher. Always. Irkutsk. Irkutsk, Russia. Russia. Uh, and the only reason that I wanted to bring that up is because the first rule of Fight Club is don't you don't talk, talk about, about Fight Club. Club but not. damn it, I'm talking about Fight Club. <laughs> All right, I can't pronounce their name. I know. So once again, that's what's on tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. We're going to go to a couple of songs, and we will be right back. We're listening to the Undercard Hand Combat Radio. Welcome back to the Undercard. I'm back, Brett. Oh, is Brad just sitting down? Yeah. Sorry, I, I got to listen to the thing to see if we Take come back. Your time. All Take right, your time. here we go. All right, we're back. I was trying to
2: figure out why something wasn't working on my stupid app, not working.
0: Oh, the the podcast app? No, 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 no.
3: no,
2: no. Oh, some other app. And look, she's taking my Coke. What? <laughs> <Over there. laughs> Welcome back. We are joined by RJ. Hello. Publish author. We were talking about love and vodka. We're gonna make them go grab it so we can get a picture with it F-O-X. in a little bit. Oh, yeah. I was supposed to do that on the break. That's, That's all right. All right. <laughs> it's okay. No, no. We uh, still got. Uh, we
0: still got do. like uh, forty minutes or something left.
2: So um, I, I wanted to address this really quickly with you. So you're a writer, but in my opinion, the world's getting a little bit dumber, and because we uh, text message so much, the art of writing's kind of gone. I. I Write also, Jimmy writes. Um, what's where? Where do you think the future writing is going? Because you know, the kids don't get the writing skills right. like they used to.
5: Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting question because you know over the years we've seen the success of Harry Potter. We've seen you know YA literature is huge right now, um, where kids are reading um, in ways that you that seem contradictory to the reality that you know so many adults don't read at all. Um, but yeah, there's no question that with how many fragmented forms of entertainment we have with you know with cable and Netflix and social media? It's just it's it's so hard to grab your attention with a long book. Um, so there's p- partly the reason I want to make it into a movie is because I feel like more people would actually see a movie than read the book. Um, and also I prefer I mean even though I teach literature in English, I prefer movies and TV most of the time as well. So I don't blame people for also feeling the same way. Um, so yeah I mean there's a reason why the book hasn't sold a whole lot among many reasons. Um, you know a small press contributes to an extent I mean it doesn't have the marketing clout that a random house would have or penguin books or whatever but um, but yeah, I mean people just you know if if TV was invented in the 1800s pe- there wouldn't be as many great classics because people would have been watching TV instead of writing and reading books, I think, and the best writers would have been probably producing television mm-hmm. there's a lot of great writing out there in the form of for example, i'm a big fan of the show Fargo. Yes, um, or better call Saul. Yeah, <laughs> those shows are brilliantly written. You know, Mad Men and Breaking Bad, and you know all these great you know freaks and geeks like we talked Some about. Some of the best writing. Yeah, so like there's still great writing out there. Just it's in a visual form now. Um, you know, screenplays like Manchester by the Sea, which and and um, Moonlight. You know, beautifully beautifully written stories that just happen to be turned into visual form. But the written word is still alive and well, just not necessarily in book form. So I'm optimistic. Um, you know, and in many ways, social media makes people more into writing than ever before because you're tweeting out your thoughts and sharing your opinions on people's facebook posts and and without that medium, then maybe that would be even less writing so I have more of an optimistic take on on it
0: than some might, but now with that, how do you think the um like Grammar, like, do you think it's getting worse? Oh yeah, do you think people's grammar yeah. sucks. I mean,
5: <laughs> I mean, I see it with my students. I mean, you know, I have students who write their entire essay on their phones and then send it. Yeah, they, but actually, by the, on the same token, or by the same token, sometimes their writing is—it blows me away that they could produce such good writing using their thumbs to type the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, grammar is definitely—you know—you see it just with adults on. Facebook and the, the the errors that you'll see with, you know, no apostrophes or lowercase or no period between or sentences.
0: your like, and your. Yeah. Or, yeah.
5: Um, and I'm not too much of a grammar like, I mean, my strong suit is on creative writing and not, I'm not a grammar, grammar Nazi where I'm, you know, freak out if somebody's grammar is slightly off. Mm-hmm. Where, like some people are a little more like, they pick up on that stuff better than I do. But, um, but there's no question. I think it's diminished. I mean, even in my English degree, I never had to take a uh, um, a grammar class to get my mm-hmm. degree, um, I thought that was sort of surprising. Not that I minded not taking a grammar class, but you know right. you would think that would be something <laughs> you would study in college if you're going to teach english
0: so there uh, there was uh, um, a thing that uh, our buddy Joe uh, posted. And tagged both you and, oh, right. and Mrs. Gojer on it. But I just want to—I'm I, I, going to read a couple of these things, and I want you to tell—I want you guys to react to this, and then I want you to tell me if you've had something this bad before in your in your class. So these are uh, analogies, uh, bad, really bad analogies written by high school students. Um, Her face was a perfect oval, like a circle that had its t- two sides gently compressed by a thigh master.
5: Give that student an A. <laughs> okay. I, these are, I thought these were actually clever. Okay, not as okay.
0: <laughs> this, are, this is my favorite one.
5: <laughs> I, I, I want to try to make the, my creative writing students be this clever.
0: Okay. This was actually my, one of my favorite ones. From the attic came an unearthly howl. The whole scene had an eerie, surreal quality. Like when you're on vacation in another city and Jeopardy comes on at 7 instead of 7.30. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I really like that one um, She had a deep, throaty, genuine laugh Like that sound a dog makes Just before it throws up oh my gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> The revelation that his marriage of 30 years Had disintegrated Because of his wife's infidelity Came as a rude shock Like a surcharge on a formerly surcharge-free ATM <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those are those are oh, so, yeah. so. you like these, though? I think they're clever. I think yeah. yeah I
6: wish more funny. of my students
5: could be this creative. I mean,
0: so you know, give us an example of like not not necessarily like your worst student, but like middle of the road, like well, something that they might write.
5: You know, I mean, it, you know, and of course, you've seen me post. You know, oh, yes. i Yes, I wish I could go back and consult it, date them all. But like the other day, we're doing we're doing Animal Farm. We just finished it up. Okay, this, yeah. light actually, reading. One of my yeah exactly it's not relevant or anything. One <laughs> no, of my no not at all best students. This is a ninth grade class. Um, before we started reading it, he goes, Mister Fox, when are we going to start Animal House?
4: Oh yeah.
5: He thought he had the title Animal, animal House in his head instead of Animal Farm, and of course I start laughing at him. I'm like, <laughs> no, toga,
4: don't to. toga, Toga, <laughs>
5: Toga. But that was more just an innocent like, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. Up. But. Um, oh shoot! Of course, I'm drawing blanks now. But um, one of my pet peeves is like, a student writes an essay on To Kill a Mockingbird, and then the title of their essay is To Kill a Mockingbird. So I always write a little comment. You know, I believe somebody else already used this title, You're right? So, and <laughs> you know, but that's a minor thing. But you know, sometimes to me the funniest stuff comes not from like a formal essay, but like you know, they have to write like a journal response, and you know, just their sarcasm or their not. Sometimes they're just so naive about things, and just you can't help but laugh. Um, but I, of course, I'm not thinking of anything concrete right now.
0: Now, are you ever like just so overwhelmed by like teaching and uh, having to uh, read these essays and stuff like that? That it ever like you just like you're writing for like uh, you know like Love and Vodka and these novels or whatever. Like, how do you how do you go through all that during the day and still want to write like at the end of the night or or whenever yeah, you have free time?
5: It's just. Um, I'm able to kind of separate the two um you know I try to be as efficient as I can when I'm at work um, you know not wasting time if I have a free moment you know i I try to get grading done um between you know if the students are working on an assignment for example, I try to get some grading done then um and then you know it's just the writing is just it's like how some people are with exercise where they have to do their workout routine they have to go run for me it's just I have to write and if I go to bed at 10 and don't do any writing I feel way more tired than if I go to bed at 1 a.m. after I wrote for three hours just because I feel like I you it,
4: know feel it motivated you. And,
5: yeah okay um, but you know it's just obviously the teaching is the pri- priority in terms of my job and my you know my paycheck and I have an obligation to those students so but I also feel like my writing is a good tool to sort of motivate and inspire my own students and you know when I'm talking about go rewrite this two-page essay and they complain I'm like well look Here's my 300 page book that has all these notes from the publisher that I have to go and now make changes to. So it's just part of the process of writing, and you know, professional writers do more rewriting than non professional ones because that's part of what writing is. How
0: I'm many awesome. rewrites do you do when you write a uh, like a fight thing or whatever? Three. Three? You usually do three well, rewrites?
2: No, no, two two proofs after. Uh, two people look over. No, no, I'm and saying then the editor.
0: Okay, so that's what I'm saying. So you write it, you send it. send it back you write it no No, no, okay two proofs and then uh, the editor
2: changes it (laughs) (laughs) i mean there's there's sometimes that like for whatever reasons part of the story is taken out by the editor or whatever right um you never really get an explanation but Hmm. you know gotcha and then sometimes they don't publish your shit right and you're out of town and that's cool
5: (laughs) yeah i mean sometimes i wish i could just hand it over to somebody that could just go make the changes yourself and i'll be happy with – you know because the way my, – with my books, it's like I have to then do all that extra work that the editor is suggesting or the publisher and it's actually usually a very fun process but um, – and it's like I know what I have to do to make those changes but it's like, oh, now I have to go back and – right when you think you're done, it's like, nope, there's still more work to do. Right. But it ultimately makes the book better. Well, they, yeah. they
2: get mad at me because I don't format the way they want, which is funny because I'm only successful in this business because I am unformatted. Like I, I really – it, the you think creativity. That's the only <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm I'm an odd one, but uh, I I I don't know. You know, it's like you know, it's the general. But I I stay over all over the map. So that's what I try to do.
5: Cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, every writer has their own process and so whatever works. You know, there's no one way to write, and anyone who says there is just one way in any type of creative medium, you know, it's there's so many ways you could go about it.
2: Right. The challenge I have is uh, finding words when you keep using – I mean boxing You know, fell to the mat, uh, was knocked down, finding words that it just doesn't seem like you're writing the same right. words every two weeks, which is difficult. I right. mean there is a thesaurus for that, but there, there reaches a time when you've gone through all those too.
5: Exactly, or they sound too forced mm-hmm. where you just sometimes have to use the most simple one or the obvious one.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So I brought up a question, and we'll start with you, RJ. Uh, do you think your favorite athlete or your hero could be somebody from a different time period yeah. or someone you um, had not seen?
5: I feel like – I remember when I was in high school, I got fascinated with Lou Gehrig, and I read, like, a biography about him. I got real obsessed with Lou Gehrig. Um, so I feel like you could look up to some historic figure, but I think it's different than, like, your a favorite current athlete. Like, I feel like you could have your favorite historical athlete that you never actually saw yourself. Um, but it's on a different sort of plane than your favorite current athlete that you're watching and seeing in the moment. So, so for me, it would have been like Lou Gehrig, um, just because I got
2: obsessed with him from this one book i had read. How about you, Jimmy? What do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I kind of uh, agree there that there's you know um, there there's athletes that you look up to but that you will have never seen because they came way before you. Um, and then there's athletes that you look up to now. You know, I mean, it, it, an example would be like, um, you know, Muhammad Ali. Never saw him fight. Loved to watch his fights. You know, I've gone back and, you know, I not growing up so much, but, you know, as I – Got more into this, and when I get into the fighting and stuff like that, um, I, I watched anything that I could of Muhammad Ali because not and not just the fights, but like his news interviews when he was on talk shows and stuff like that. And It was like, man i I really wish I had been around to see this, you know. Um, but at the you know, and now uh, you know, if I had to pick an athlete that um, uh, you know, like Steve Iserman. You know, great hockey player, you know, but he's somebody that I've seen. I've seen the Wings go to the Cup. I've seen them win the Stanley Cup, you know. It's just – but it's two different two different things, you know. RJ,
2: you'll appreciate this. Uh, for whatever reason, year one we decided to pull up. I don't know if it, it wasn't so much War of the Worlds, but we decided to uh, air oh, a card yeah. episode <laughs> in which we said it was from the archives, and we yeah. covered the Muhammad Ali versus Joe Frazier fight oh, like yeah. it was real time. <clears throat> yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so like it was I really, just wish,
0: like, I really wish we were podcasted then so we could go back and oh, yeah. listen like, to that. Yeah Yeah.
2: It was us talking about Ali Frazier like we were there. That's yeah, great. And it was great actually. It That's was, was for, yeah.
0: it was probably one of the best things that we've done. It was cool. witty. It really was. But
2: then it threw everybody off,
0: like what the f-? You guys should right.
2: you guys should do that again.
0: We we Maybe. need Marv back. <laughs> yeah, we might need Marv back. Yeah.
2: Well what about you, Rochelle? Do you think uh, your favorite athlete can be from somebody that you've never seen?
3: Because I have so many.
2: Okay. Favorite hero.
3: <laughs> well, no. See, what I was thinking is Gene Kelly.
2: Okay. But you Obviously, saw him in Xanadu.
3: But I didn't see him live. I never I never got to see him perform on stage. Well, it's stage. not so much
2: live. I, I mean, I was lucky enough to see Mike Tyson live. But it, 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 there's something to be said about like
3: – I wish I had been around when he was at the height of his career.
2: Did you know he was a great baseball player?
5: Gene Kelly? No. Yeah. He was, I think, I want to say maybe drafted by the Pirates – <clears throat> or he was somehow.
2: Hurt.
3: There, an, an autobiography is coming out finally. Uh, not an autobiography, but I. Think yeah, I was gonna that say that's a neat one trick. of his. One of his <laughs> children finally <laughs> like, wrote uh, really about good. him, and it oh, should be cool. coming out this month.
5: That'll be fascinating.
3: Um, but every time I watch him on screen dancing, I get goosebumps because I just love it, love it. So I wish I had been around when he, like I said, he was. Uh, You know, like when Singing in the Rain
2: came out. Right. And I want to preface this really quickly. So Joe Lewis, looking back at his career and obviously not being around when he lived, it's amazing what he meant to the country, especially with what was going on with World War II. And it's amazing of what an American hero he was because back then the athletes all went and served and then Mm -hmm. came back and fought again, which is just amazing. You don't see that stuff anymore. Um but then Mike Tyson, What I, the point I'm getting at is that I've lived through Tyson's life, and I told Rochelle when we were at the Fox Theater just after we spent some time with him again is that that's not supposed to end good like that. His life was so bad at right. one time that you expected Mike Tyson not to make it. He's come full circle and is at peace with his life that I've lived through that, that I can appreciate it more and like, man, that's great. It ended well for him. Where in Joe Lewis, I'm looking back and reading what other people said about him. So it's a difficult thing because I used to think Joe DiMaggio was my favorite baseball player, but I never saw Joe DiMaggio play live or – Seeing it in real time. I think a lot so. of
5: times it also depends on, like, if you had a, a grandparent or a parent who had a favorite athlete, you kind of want to follow that athlete from mm-hmm. a historical perspective because, you know, your grandpa loved that guy and it's a sort of a way you could bond.
4: Mm-hmm. What sure about you? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I a- say,
1: yes, absolutely. If there was someone that you admire and you don't feel that anyone, in this present day lives up to those expectations or you don't, you know, value what they do as much, then absolutely you can have someone be your favorite in past tense because it's your favorite, it's your opinion. If that's the person for you and you love them, have at it.
2: All right. How about you over there, Shannon?
6: Um, I definitely think it's possible, uh, but for me personally, even though I have a lot of respect for many historical figures, I don't have any type of, it's not the same inspiration that I get from seeing someone right in front of me, especially being a dancer. I've gotten to see so many of my favorite dancers perform right in front of me, or I've gotten to work directly with them in their classes, and there's just a certain inspiration that comes from that that I could never have just imagining it, you know what I mean? And I'm a person that loves, like, vintage clothing, I love vintage music, I love everything about the past, but... When it comes to actually being inspired and taking that experience personally, I think I have to be, like, right there. You know, there's a a photographer I've been following his work for seven years, and I contacted him to work with him, and because of my story and telling him how long I've been following his work and everything, he offered to shoot with me when I'm out in L.A. And so that having that connection to him and seeing where he started to where he is now, that's something that, like... He's my favorite photographer in the world. You know what I mean? So it's like I wouldn't be able to feel that necessarily with someone I didn't have that connection
0: with. But don't you wish like maybe you had a chance to like study with like or dance with like uh, Martha Graham or Twyla Tharp or, you know. Of uh, course. Or like see Barishnikov like actually be on stage.
6: There's always dancers, especially, like you know, or actors that I feel that way about. But watching them. Gives me, obviously, gives me a lot of joy seeing them on screen or, Mm -hmm. you know, seeing old things that they've done, but. There's nothing like when I when I've seen my favorite ballroom dancers perform right in front of my face. I can feel that energy, right? right and
3: yeah. you know, it's well, yeah, it's like going to see a Broadway show. Like you can listen to the soundtrack oh, yeah. over and over again, and yeah. you love the music and yeah. you just love the characters. But to see it live, there's a
0: visceral kind of the, yeah. yeah. There is, and yeah.
3: they see the costumes and the movement, and
6: it gives you a, a feeling that you just can't. It's Unexplainable, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Like I saw Dirty Dancing live when they came to the Fox, and I was front row, right. and that was like as much as I love the movie, that it was amazing, <laughs> yeah. it was fantastic.
0: Well, you know. there, there's a lot to be said with live theater, you know. That's there's a there's an energy that's exchanged between the audience mm-hmm. and the actors mm-hmm. that you can't get watching a movie. It's a
6: connection that you're feeling right then and there. it's yeah. irreplaceable. Yeah. Yep. To me. and it's
3: really so. difficult to to see shows um, where you can't see their faces. You can't mm-hmm. see the expressions they make when they're, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm.
6: That was what was so cool about being front row was I saw everything. You felt their sweat, like, <laughs> you know. <Especially laughs> I,
0: want, turn I don't want that right, much. It's right, yeah,
3: like, like a
2: Gallagher show. Right. <laughs> 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 By the way, not to get into politics too much, but what oh, Donald, but what Donald Trump done. said <laughs> oh what Donald I'm Trump about the Civil War. war oh, my, my God. God.
0: Is that Wait, I
6: missed it. Somebody tell me.
2: Okay, so, so. did he apparently.
0: Wait, let me, let me, let me, let me I, I want to see if she knows first. So do you know who President Jack- Andrew you know Jackson who president was? Trump
6: uh is. yes. Okay.
0: Yes. So uh Andrew Jackson uh was Impeached. No 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 no. no, no. Andrew Jackson <laughs> was president was, was president in the twenties eighteen twenties, I think. I could be wrong about that. But he died uh fifteen to sixteen years before the Civil War started. Okay. And then, so Trump said this today.
2: Well, no, it was yesterday. actually yesterday.
0: Oh, yesterday. I'm sorry.
2: Uh, he he didn't know why Andrew Jackson couldn't uh, stop the
0: Civil War from happening. No, of, uh, that's not what he said. Well, yeah, he said I if Andrew Jackson had been the president.
2: No, 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 no. He he mistaked Andrew Jackson as the president at the time. I'm Andrew almost, Jackson was exactly one of the worst the
6: presidents we ever had.
2: But <laughs> hold on, hold on. I want to, I want to see. Another quote was— Especially uh, if you're a Native American.
6: I know, right? <laughs> and he died of dysentery. What a horrible way to die. Yeah,
2: pull up the exact quotes. <laughs> okay, hold on. I'm gonna,
5: you, you guys on, keep talking. He is on, on one, one of our bills.
0: Yeah, yeah, he is. Hmm. Well, so would, is He was
2: the one they wanted to replace, right, with um, Harriet Tubman. So or wasn't I, there talk about that a while back? I, oh, maybe. I do have another I uh, thing have. I wanted to bring up. A good friend of our show, Emily Gale— uh, Shinola, who is also friends, he, uh, got a watch named after her. They call it the Gale Watch from Shinola, which is mm. absolutely awesome, and it's an it's a way to honor her. And so I thought uh, to ask around the room, what would you want named after you? Could be oh anything as simple as a drink, a car. But I think it's pretty cool to have a model of a watch named after you. And Shinola is the hottest watch. I mean, President Obama, Shinola. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg was just there last week, so Shinola's the hottest thing in America right now. What would you like, uh, RJ, named after you? Oh man, probably
5: like a Baskin Robbins flavor. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's the best I could come up with in that moment. The,
0: the R.J. Fox, the the Fox cream, the Fox,
2: oh, fox oh, That's cream. Also, uh, <laughs> No one's gonna <laughs> make <cream. laughs> that. Oh, no, no, no. Can, no, can no, I change that, my answer? Now? You, know, you know every <laughs> question. You know every question is. Is that really fox milk in that? Oh jeez. No, uh, <laughs> uh, no, that's so a flavor of ice cream. Yeah, um, I'm
5: sure I could think of something better than ice cream, but for now, that I'll stick with that. Jimmy, how about you? What do you want named after you? <laughs> Come back to me. He's still looking up. That, I'm that still like looking Trump's up. A thing. Rochelle,
2: what do you?
3: A pastry. A pastry. A pastry?
2: <laughs> the Rochelle? i mm-hmm. will take two Rochelles. Sounds Bake French. a dozen of Rochelles. Mm-hmm. All right, Tasha, what would you name? <laughs> it goes well with the fox so
4: far. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone else's food so far. Um, I was gonna go with chocolate because I am seriously a chocolate I have it every single day. It's an addiction. It's a serious problem, but it's so amazing. Um, so to break away from food, I would say an airline, I guess, because I love traveling.
4: The Tasha. Ooh. Yeah.
2: In recent Tasha news today, hands. Tasha Airlines took another hit on Wall Street due Woo. to, forcing, a to a somebody, yeah, forcing somebody off the plane. <laughs> Tasha Airlines, I no, like no, it. No, no,
1: no. Good press. That's it.
2: Good <laughs> press. All right. Tasha Airlines. What would the, oh, what kind of the color airline. of Tasha Air be? What would the planes oh, be painted?
3: What would the flight attendants be wearing? <laughs>
2: That's like a devil. No, right,
1: an yeah, idea. No, my, my mind is. I just held myself bad. back, just for the record. Um, <laughs> no, I'm thinking of like the Pan Am girls. Oh, okay. That's cute. Okay, yeah. There. You, well, you design all of our costumes, so there you go. Wardrobe expert, right there. You'll make all my flight <laughs> attendants what, what,
2: what colors of the plane? <laughs>
1: um, I don't even have a favorite color. I think that's a harder question than what I would want named after me. Um, let's go with blue for the sky.
4: Yay!
1: Yay.
2: (laughs) Interesting, Shannon.
6: Uh, A chain of vintage stores named Shannon's Closet.
4: Well ooh! (laughs) It's
6: very specific. You thought about that one. Well,
4: actually,
6: right. (laughs) Acting and dancing doesn't work out someday. That's my next. That's my backup is to open uh, vintage stores. So,
5: (laughs) or you could do that in addition to.
6: Yes, but I kind of want to like get my feet on the ground with one thing first, and so I'm not like you you know killing myself more than I already am these days.
2: mine was uh like a charitable award or something like a award presented to somebody so i'd hmm. like a name award named after me and what kind
3: of charity would it be like
2: homeless people or something like that yeah old you know people. or kid yeah ki- i like kids and old people the middle generation uh uh-uh. like wait like I, you're no longer my friend when you turn like 13 <laughs> and then like until you're, like, 65 and, like, you need to be taken care of. Those people in the, the middle, I, I I get behind in lines and I get mad at. But if it's an old person or a kid, I have patience with
6: them. What about dogs? Uh, I do <laughs> like dogs. They can't help but... themselves.
5: Yeah,
0: I I'm do sorry. like
2: dogs. Does it depend on the age as well? Or... No, no, no. no. <laughs> dogs, are all right. dogs are good creatures. Jimmy, did you get one and did you pull up the, the boats?
0: I did, but I, I can't. I mean, yeah, charity would be great. Actually, yeah. Like a charity, like a foundation to help like um, soldiers, you know, uh, wounded warriors, hmm. something like that, I think is the only thing that I could probably think of. Would it be Jimmy or James? It would be the James Gregory pache Foundation. Okay. Or
2: more show business side, the James Pache Telethon. Sponsored by Fox Cream. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and Rochelle Pastries.
2: <laughs> remember you remember days, every like, Labor Day, like, you know, yeah. the, uh, the telethons yeah, yeah, awesome.
0: No, yeah, it could
2: be I would to always get Lewis. my parents to donate yeah. to it. I'm like,
0: donate, yeah. call. All right, so All right, what what so, the so, okay, so this is just kind of broken up. So basically what he was saying is, and it's actually not quite as bad. I mean the media twisted it a little bit? Yeah. Like everything else. People misconstrued what he said. Okay. So he said uh, – um, he had a had a very, very mean and nasty campaign because they said he was the meanest and the nastiest. And also, by the way, I was right. It was 1828. So okay. he was president. At least one thing was right. In- yeah. Um, Trump, uh, his wife died. They destroyed his wife and she died. I mean, had Andrew Jackson been a little later, you wouldn't have had the Civil War. He was a very tough person, but he had a big heart. He was really angry that he saw what was happening with his, with regard Something. to the Civil War. He said there's no reason for this. Um, But basically he's saying that Trump might be referring to uh, the nullification crisis, which did occur in Jackson's lifetime, even though uh, Jackson died in 45 and the Civil War broke out in 61. Uh, People don't realize, you know, the Civil War, if you think about it, why? People don't ask that question. But why was there a Civil War? Why could that one not have been worked out?
6: Trump um, is just asking because he genuinely doesn't know.
0: Well, that, I think that's what it is, is he doesn't... It's like, can I don't think please he gets, tell me? <laughs> I don't think he gets the, the socio-political implications, implications of, of what exactly was going on. I mean, yes, there was the whole, you know... Everybody says that the Civil War was all about slavery, and that's not true. The Civil War wasn't about no, slavery. It was about the rights of the this It was the about states. state rights. Mm-hmm. Slavery, slavery just happen to be the... Pawn
5: used in that war.
0: Exactly. It happened to be the pawn used in that war. And that's why it took Lincoln in so fact, long... To to uh, write the Declaration or the Emancipation Proclamation because it w- it wasn't because he was trying to free the slaves it was because exactly. the and more. it w- it was because he was trying to r- win the war and weaken the South when you exactly. go to the Henry
6: Ford Museum I used to work there as a historical presenter so did I. Uh, oh, cool. oh really <laughs> yeah um, you know the Lincoln chair then when they yes. they'll tell you all about why it's not about that and then why just, Lincoln I mean he was he did a lot of great things yeah, but it wasn't he because he was free you the know slaves, but-
5: he also that's, said if he could I win w- the war with slavery or without, whatever it took to right, win the war. Yeah, you know, right, exactly. And, and fortunately, he was. On when the right when side were of you a presenter
0: there?
6: Um, 2015 for like hmm. eight or nine months.
0: There's a quite a possibility that the script that they used for that chair is the one that I wrote. Oh, that's interesting. Really? Yeah. Don't don't You read that's it on the me. air next week. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, no. Uh, uh, so yeah, I, the media took it. I think a little bit I don't think he was saying that Andrew Jackson could have stopped it because he was alive he was saying that if he had been around he probably could have stopped it the media
5: on both sides just will take anything they want to take to stir the
0: pot you know the media just needs to shut down like both sides just shut down
3: so then we're out of a job
0: we're we're not media there's a soundbite for you (laughs) <laughs> no, no, but that, I'm not talking about not like I'm not I'm not talking about like sports writers ah, or like yeah, yeah, yeah. local writer. I'm talking about like CNN, Fox News, MSNBC. I don't get like calls. For all people. those places Sesame need Street. to just huh?
4: <laughs> Sesame Street. <laughs> Sesame Street. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Are you gonna fire uh What's his face from Sesame Street? Guy Smiley. Guy Smiley. That was his name. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. I got one more question for you yeah, guys yeah.
2: before I go to the Canelo uh, Chavez Jr. Yeah. So uh, Royale with Cheese opened in Midtown Detroit. It is based <laughs> off of Pulp Fiction, the movie. So um,
3: Just the name
2: the name but there is some pulp fiction stuff in there there's paintings and stuff like that uh how much are milkshakes
3: five dollars
2: why are they five dollar milkshakes because in the movie movie, he goes i got yeah which is pretty cheap i understand you
5: know yeah like, "Whoa, that's so expensive
2: so i wanted to ask you guys what themed restaurant would you like to see that doesn't exist because that's a pulp fiction theme madman that's awesome, one. Which I think I'm sure there's one out there. But so it would be a bunch of men condescending to women because of the time frame, <laughs> yeah, or what would it be? Minus
5: that, but you know, the smoking allowed the, in your the restaurant. The decor, the um, you would have to be required to wear vintage, you know, suits and dresses to come in. No, I'm wow. kidding. I
2: don't know. And then, you know, she has a vintage shop, it so there we go get your vintage code. at Shannon's Vintage and then. No, I feel like there's a lot of bars that already
5: that seem like they could be on Mad Men, so it's not too original.
2: Would fox cream be served there? Absolutely. <laughs> it's and... a special drink called the <laughs> the, fox... <laughs> the, fox the Fox Cream fox. Milkshake. We're going too far with that, but yes. <laughs> Used with real fox cream. Oh. I
6: think they've already made two of my favorite. I mean, they have the Tim Burton bar in New York now. That's and right. Which is Halloween-ish Halloweenish. And all year I went in. to Mel's Drive-In in, uh, in Hollywood, which American Graffiti is one of my which favorite movies. Which my film students movies. are watching right now. Really? Yeah. yeah, it's a. That's one of my favorite <laughs> that's m- movies. My top three, so for sure. Uh, I got to go there, but really, unless they made like a Buffy restaurant, <laughs> I mean, I oh. don't know.
2: <laughs> hmm. A lot of Buffy love today.
6: I
3: I'm all about Buffy.
2: <laughs> How about you, Rochelle? What would it be?
3: Um I, I you gotta come back. I gotta think. Jimmy.
0: About it. I'm I'm you gotta come back to me, hey, I'm thinking. Tasha. Yeah. 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 nope. What? I'm Everyone's not a huge
1: best. movie buff. I have no idea. No, ideas. it could be anything.
0: It could be You know what? Okay, I, I got it. Movie. I got it. Prince, no, no, any themed. Princess Bride themed restaurant. Okay. And every time that you get your order after after the waitress or waiter, they say as you wish. Yeah. <laughs> and you can the Anigo oh, Montoya cute. burger. You get the yeah, the Anigo Montoya or the Anigo Montoya burger. Um you also get the uh you get six finger chicken nuggets. Um <laughs> like yeah, like all that kind of stuff like that. But like and then you have like um <laughs> uh like different like there would be four sections of the restaurant. One would be uh the force of um, no return uh, another one would be uh the dread Pir- uh, dread pirate Roberts like ship or whatever and you could sit in like any of the you know thing uh, sections or whatever but yeah and then just and in the middle of the you know you know how like in some of the uh, restaurants or whatever they'll like, They'll sing at, like, random times or whatever. Well, sword fights break out at random times. Oh. Yeah. But but only in, like, roped-off sections. Okay. Yeah. Not, like, where the people are, but, like, in roped-off sections or whatever. Roped and if you sit there for, like, I'd say 30 minutes, you can see, like, scenes, like, each section would be scenes from different parts of the movie or whatever. You give this a so. lot of thought. Yeah. Well, I'm just making it up as I go oh, along, actually. Rochelle, did you come up with one yet?
3: Um, it would be boy band related. Okay. we so.
5: will be your first customer, I'm sure.
0: No. <laughs> In fact, I I'm sorry, I'm probably going to have to burn that one to the ground. You can get the insurance money and start again. But they already
6: have a Central Perk, a real one from Friends. I feel like I'm they sure did they for a while. Because yeah. I that would be <laughs> cool. Probably, I think.
0: But was it just like one couch that only like five assholes get to sit at? <laughs> and what's that dude? <laughs> I mean, Gunther? what was Gunther? Yeah.
5: <laughs> Gunther <laughs> what yeah. Was that yeah,
6: What about a? Uh, uh, okay, so Boy Meets World was one of my oh, good, my favorite favorite, yeah. favorite yeah. shows. Um, probably my second favorite show of all time. So maybe like you know how they had the different restaurants throughout the seasons? Maybe if they could do like a compilation of that. that <laughs> oh, we could have oh, a Max. Saved by the Bell I was just, i was oh, about to going there. Yes, yes, yes. A that Max's. Would be cool. Yeah,
2: that'd be pretty neat.
6: Yeah. I'd go there. Yeah,
3: those were the days. They do
0: that, though. Uh, in Chicago, they actually convert a restaurant, I forget the name of it, into a uh, Max's for, like, one night only. And you come dressed up as, one like, uh, yeah, it's, like, a, just a... a, a, a do w- they
3: pass uh, out the huge cell phones at the...
0: No, but you come dressed up, and, You're you know, as, the, as like the, the time period, and you pay, like, an admission charge, and all goes to charity. Because I have some friends that do it and I, hmm. that I'm thinking about. I have some friends that go to that, like, once a year. Is there a discount oh, yeah.
2: student admission for Bayside members?
0: No.
6: They have a Titanic dinner in Petoskey every year that I've gone yes, to the, the Perry, last few yeah. years. You've been to it? Yeah, I've been twice. Oh, it was wow. really awesome.
5: As an actor, or as a participant?
6: Um, just as I just a participant. Awesome. At the really, Perry Hotel, right? yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that would be sweet. It was sweet. really awesome, and they it's like i bought a dress from the nineteen like early from the Edwardian time period both times to go, oh, and it was really cool. Oh, that's cool. cool.
2: Tasha, yeah. did you come up with one? <laughs>
1: Uh, how about The Walking Dead? Oh that
2: would be movie. awesome. that
3: would be so awesome. Very popular. What are they gonna serve?
1: All sorts of Flesh. stuff that's yeah, covered like in like blood, Raw yes, yes. barbecue awesome. chicken, this everything rare. I love steak. Yeah, like so ribs. I'm all about yeah. That life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
4: But yeah. it has you to, or just, like the different sauces like, and brain. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, yeah. the chef could get really creative. It'd be a fun place.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mine would be. I don't know. I like my favorite. A one of my favorite places in the world is the Magic Castle in Los Angeles. So I, oh. I think I think a magic themed restaurant, even though the Magic Castle's already one, but to the next step, like memorabilia of old magic and old magic posters or something like that. That'd, that'd be, be cool. Magician themed. You know. It'd be
0: cool because would they do would they do yeah. magic like there? Yeah. Okay. Like
2: your your waiter and your waitress would be required be. to know some sleight of hand so okay. they can entertain. That'd be cool. yeah. Entertain the guests, and then the we'll kids. Put a re- tablecloth out from under. That would be pretty cool, something like that. So that that would be my ideas.
0: For like those. they like they have a a thing. They light it on fire. They pull it up, it's and not it's a your Greek food. Restaurant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I'm saying not opa! not opa, but I'm saying like they they have a thing. They light it on fire. They close it when they open it up. It's your food. There's a right. rabbit. Yeah. There's a, ra- <laughs> yeah. Or, or a rabbit. Yeah. Now you gotta kill the rabbit. Right. <laughs> The rabbit Dinner turns served. into steak. Right. Oh, we'll a bring a you the turn. animals. You gotta do the rest. That's right. Something like that. I, I, I want the meanest steak you got. Rare. And I mean rare. Just dehorn it, slap it <laughs> his butt and send it in.
2: <laughs> so that would that would be probably mine, I I think. Okay. So, all right, really quickly before we leave, we gotta cover uh So Saul Canelo Alvarez is going against uh Chavez Jr. this uh week. Uh, if you get to watch the HBO face off um, it was absolutely Dude. awesome Canelo looked pissed he looks very mad actually Canelo is one of my favorite fighters but he, he almost came across as a dick in the interview but I like that I like a fighter with the edge uh, my pick for this weekend is Canelo also bet David Lemieux and then also take Matisse that's going to be the three we go with if you bet with us last week you, you won Joshua by knockout so um, stick with it next week we'll break down the fight I'm very excited for the fights uh, so Canelo Lemieux, do you have Matisse. a question? Yeah, okay. I, I'd
3: like to say something. You don't look up. Okay, so that what's People up? can say something. Go
2: ahead, say something.
3: Something. At the end of the interview, <laughs> um, Canelo bet Chavez Jr. Mm-hmm. the entire purse that he would and they shook on it, not win, and that he would not be knocked out.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm. He won't pay up, Chavez. It, it, no one will pay up. I don't know. I, th- I think Canelo wins though, so I'm not too worried about it. So, but I don't think Chavez Jr. Obviously, Chavez Jr. is doing this for money, so I don't think he'll bet it. I looked at the eye contact. Chavez Jr. didn't have good eye contact in that. Canelo was like straight piercing through him. I think eye mm-hmm. contact's really important in fighting. Um, so I don't know, but I that's must break it's, you. It's, uh, huh. I must break right, you, dude. Like yeah. look up Tyson, where he just was yeah. like not let yeah not let his eyes off. But anyways, um, maybe I'm reading too much into it. But so this is a good boxing weekend. It's also Cinco de Mayweather. Cinco
0: de Mayweather. Uh, Ah, so always a boxing holiday. So, but we'll be back next week. It's also in two days. It's uh, May May the the Fourth fourth be be with with you. you. That's right. (laughs) I hope I. I don't. I gotta. Oh, I won't. RJ, do you go to Motor City Comic Con?
2: I have not. I've always wanted to. Okay, well, we're broadcasting live on Saturday at oh, 1. Okay. Sunday at 1. You're more than welcome, if you're already going, to cool. be one of our guests there. Thank you. And, um, you know, just find find where we're broadcasting live. Yeah. We'd love to have you on talking pop culture and stuff. Oh, no, this was great. I would love to come back. Yeah. yeah, and if you it. go grab your book, we'll take a picture yeah. with you with yeah. the Ooh. book and yes. that can be the picture of the podcast. Nice. Okay, yeah. And then where can people buy it? One more time, the mu- name of the, book, the is book is Love and Vodka. Love
5: and Vodka, my surreal adventures in Ukraine, and amazon.com is your best bet and then mm-hmm. some local bookstores in the Ann Arbor area specifically. But. Have
2: people from Ukraine bought it? From you know, a few Ukraine,
5: Ukrainians not. have read it and my biggest worry was that they would be offended by the, you know what, they might see as stereotyping mm-hmm. or making fun of, but overall I got a positive um, response from the ones that I know read it. Did you get a bad critic to review the book? that you Have Have you had a bad review yet? Um, the, the reviews up on Amazon are all favorable. We have not, for, unfortunately, or maybe we all fortunately, wrote right, oh yeah. <laughs> we didn't get a whole lot of national or book critics, which I guess is maybe a good thing and a bad thing because uh, we were hoping to get a little more exposure. So, um, yeah, so the reviews I have seen have been favorable, which is a good feeling. And then the word of mouth has been great too.
2: Awesome. loving Vodka. Uh, go check it out on Amazon.com. We'll be back next week. Uh, thanks the Ring Girls. Uh, first off, thank Rochelle for running the board. Thank, thank Jimmy, you. for always doing a good show. Uh, Tasha and Shannon for being the Ring Girls tonight. We'll be back next week, and we're going to break down uh, Canelo versus Chavez Jr. See everybody next week. Thanks.